What is up and welcome in to the Easy Smoke and the GM Podcast. I'm your host, Ezra McCann, and I'm joined, as always, by my outstanding co-host. He's a Chicago Public League legend. He's a Simeon Wolverine legend. He's a Grambling State Tiger legend. He played second base for them back in the day. He was all swack. It's Brandon Williams, a.k.a. Coach Smoke. And we've got our NFL draft analyst. You can catch his work at NBC Sports Chicago. He'll be on football night in Chicago giving his opinion on what teams will do in the NFL draft. He's our GM. He's Glenn Morgan. Gentlemen, what's going on? How you guys doing? Doing all right. Nah, doing all right, man. I mean, he, hey, Smoke may be a Wolverine, but Wolverine is one of my favorite X-Men. That's all I got to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have, I have you don't have a favorite? What? Simeon Wolverines. <laughs> oh. I say you don't have a favorite X-Men? A favorite X-Men? Uh, that's a good question. Uh Storm, and I know why she's your favorite. Yeah, yeah. Storm, Storm, your lush. <laughs> Storm is in there. Maybe a little Jean Grey, you know. a little Phoenix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. There, there are reasons for that, but you know, <laughs> we won't we won't dwell on that. Yeah, I think for me, Wolverine and Magneto. Even though he's a villain, I guess. Well, every now and again he's dabbled. Every now and again he's been an anti-hero. Dabbled. I think. I think. I think we had this conversation. I. I. I didn't think that. uh, That Magneto is is necessarily a villain. Uh, he's he's definitely a villain. He's killed. He's murdered many people. But he he's vacillated back and forth. But for the cause, though, that doesn't make you a villain. Yeah, the cause is. I'm mad at you. I'm going to kill you, and yeah, you're not letting me get my way, so you must die. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm sure you can justify it however you want. I to. see him more more as a vigilante, not man. even close. He's like yes. like a mass murderer. I mean, if anything, you you want to say for the, political for the for the cause of the of the of the mutants. Man, that's a vigilante. You want to say <laughs> political dissident, maybe, but I don't know if you want to call him a vigilante. He ain't saving nobody from crimes. <laughs> Do straight out there killing people and dropping planets on <laughs> and, and people's houses and small countries and all types of crazy stuff. Anyway, we digress. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I guess, man, we got to start off with what the the number one topic in sports is as we record right now, and that's the women's national championship game. Who to thunk? Who to thunk? Who to thunk, man? Uh, LSU and Iowa, really good game. Uh, actually, a really good man. The tournament overall uh, on the women's side, on the women's been... side was been, yeah, was excellent, excellent. I was, I was, you know, uh, we were at work uh, uh, the night of the Final Four, mm-hmm. and we could have walked out, you know, but <laughs> we we had to stick around and, and stay tuned to the uh, the South Carolina Iowa game, and then uh, Sunday yesterday. The uh, LSU Iowa game was uh, was phenomenal. Um, Caitlin Clark can play. Let's Durant, leave with yeah. that. She hey, she 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 can play. Uh, and we we talked She's... about her a, a couple weeks ago. Um, yeah, she she's she's she, a hooper. She, yeah, yeah. Uh, Angel Reese is a hooper. There's a lot of them are. She can play. Yeah, um, definitely. Just that I think LSU's team overall was better, but uh, uh, yes. But the topic of conversation, LSU won. Obviously, topic of conversation has been um, um, the what? What would you call it? The backlash the, of the the scathing criticism of of, of of yeah of Angel Reese's reaction to. Uh, uh, to get in the win, and oh no, uh, not reaction, classless attack on Caitlin Clark. Right. Let's call it what it is, guys. Classless <laughs> attack on Caitlin Clark. How Un- dare she do that? Unreasonable. It's just, just so base to to come over there, be in her face like that, to just you know, and and stick with it for as long as she did. I mean, she just she just kept she just kept doing it. She just kept taunting her. And, and more and more in her face, and 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 Caitlin showed such class and such such uh, composure to walk away with her head tucked between her tail because they got their ass whooped. <laughs> she didn't uh, see it because she had her head down because Angel Reese and LSU did to her 
what she had been doing to other teams, talking about with the little hand in the face thing, talking mm-hmm. about you can't see this or whatever that's supposed to mean. John Cena. John, John Cena. Yeah. Right, John, John Cena. Cena. Right. Yeah. right. Same thing that that Caitlin was doing to South Carolina and other people. She's been, been doing it all year. Yeah. You know, but, you, you know, people see what they want to see. And then they narrate on what they feel they want to opine on because of how they think they see it or, or what the, the expectations are. And I say this right quick. I'm so glad that during the press conference, Angel Reese got a chance to say exactly and call everybody out for exactly the the hypocritical way that they view her and people that look like her and her teammates, so on and so forth. Because it's okay when other cats do it. They're, you know, they're, they're cool. They're the cool kids. Or, you know, they're showing such grit and, you know, whatever, whatever. She does it back at them. It's just like, oh, I can't believe she's doing that. Yeah, get the out of here, man! With that that noise, man. That I'm glad she called him out, and she's right, man. Yeah. She, she she's full full stop right about that. I, I agree wholeheartedly, and 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 listeners don't think what GM was saying as saying what Caitlin Clark does is wrong either. Like, no, not at it, all. It, no, it's it, not. It's, it's it's not wrong either. We're just saying keep it consistent on both sides. Don't say. Caitlin Clark doing it is fine, it's passionate, and then when Angel Reese does it, it's a problem. Like, no, it it's passionate. Both of them are showing passion for the game. Yes, kind of two different ways of how it was going. I heard a perspective today where it was like, you know, LSU felt disrespected, and I kind of agree. The whole talk has been Caitlin Clark, Caitlin Clark, and hey, we just took down a big bad Caitlin Clark. Let's like they they felt it. Look, I don't think Caitlin took any offense to it either. In my opinion, I think no, hey, no. she lost. It is what it is, man. No, it, she it, had, she hasn't said anything about it. Yeah, you know. And I'm like, shoot, I loved Angel's response to the critics. Like that's that's how you respond. She's. Like, if you've been following LSU and you've been following Angel Reese all year, she has been scrutinized all year because of her her way of her actions while she plays. She's very colorful, I would say. Like, she she's going to talk. She's going to trash talk. She's going she gonna to get a bucket and she's going to do the you too small. Like, she she does it all. Ga- and it was it was constant talk about it. And no better way than to flaunt. And do your do you when you at the top? You you can't stop her. Like she she won it all. What like she said? What y'all gonna say now? What y'all gonna say now? Y'all can't say nothing. And now she can do all the talking. Yeah, people can be mad all they want to. She's at the top of the throne right now. Like what can be said? You know, like so. I applaud her. I applaud LSU. You know, being, you know a. At HBCU in Louisiana, of course, a part of me was rooting for the state of Louisiana. Uh, I personally wanted to see South Carolina LSU rematch. Rematch, yeah, me too. But but I'm not going to take away from what no. the game plan Iowa had against, you know, SC. Um, and on the flip side, I was kind of happy my, my, my boss, his daughter is on Iowa. She's oh, okay. an underclassman on Iowa. She's a role player. She didn't get much playing time in the Final Four, if any. But you know that was cool that to know somebody who got somebody out there. But that's cool. But uh, but ultimately the entire Final Four was must see TV on the girls' side. Like even the even the LSU Virginia Tech game. I don't know if y'all watched that one. Mm-hmm. Like it it was it was LSU came out hot. Then Virginia Tech went to a zone, and it looked like LSU couldn't do a thing about it. <laughs> and and Virginia Tech went up, I want to say double figures, and then fourth quarter LSU just turned it on, you know. And then we know what happened with SC and and Iowa; they just forced them to shoot. Right. And and that was that was kind of my worry going into the championship game, like because. Against Virginia Tech, LSU didn't show that they can shoot that well. The zone kind of gave them problems. I'm like, I know LSU is – their bigs is a little more swifter and athletic than 
South Carolina's bigs. Right. So I'm like, that will help. But man, that girl Carson came off the bench for LSU and was just firing them away. Yeah. And that 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 killed everything Iowa wanted to do. They couldn't do nothing at that point, you know. And and it, it was great for women's basketball. Even even all even though we are frustrated and pissed of the controversial that controversy that has come to Angel Reese. On the flip side, it's helping the women's game. That has been the talk since it happened. Mm-hmm. True. It's been the talk. You know, and and quite frankly, this is something the women's game need to pick up, need to get behind and push. What what can what can they do to keep this momentum going? They they uh had 10 million viewers in the championship game uh yesterday. Uh highest highest ratings um uh ever for for the women's game. Uh they even beat out some of the ESPN's NBA games uh, in ratings uh, in the past. So what can they do now just to keep this momentum going into the future? I think kind of what they have been doing. I mean, like, what did they do so different this time? I don't think they did anything necessarily so different this time. I think the players, I mean, I think they, they've been they've been tinkering for a very long time. And I think they finally found a situation where they're kind of the the prelims to the men. So, you know, kind of like how you we when you learn TV, when you get in a, you know, taking TV class and you have block programming. That's kind of what they did here with the tournament. And I think that helped a little bit to make it. I wouldn't know if I was going to say piggyback, but kind of right along with. Um, so I think that's kind of helped. So so there's not such a disparity of when you go watch, you can kind of you, you kind of have a, a cornucopia of basketball during this period of time where every game matters as opposed to NCAA or as opposed to uh, professional basketball where you've got, you know, you got a week and, you know, three, four, five, six, seven games, you know, not three, but, you know, well, yes, in some cases, three games, whatever, you know, what I'm trying to say is that here, every game matters, you know, that that last second shot, you know, can be the difference between you going on and you crying on. Um, so to keep it going, just keep with that. I think start focusing in on your stars. This tournament help you help generate. So now Caitlin's coming back. Andrew Reese is coming back. You've got these players returning and unlike men's basketball, they'd be gone. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and yep. so it's hard to keep that momentum here. You can generate the momentum, and now what they probably need to do next is start learning how to schedule, have have maybe like a a game or two potential opening, or have some some type of tournament where you can kind of schedule some of these some emerging, like, the, like they do the boys tip off thing. Yeah, where you got the Duke versus Kentucky, right? Stuff like that. Yeah, right. So next, because like next year, if you came in, and you had something like that, and you've got Iowa and LSU in a four player tur- or a four team tournament, people are going to tune in automatically right away and make it so that they don't play each other right away, so that maybe they meet in a championship in that I tournament. Feel like, I feel like they've done that before. But it's just that for whatever reason now, what you, you, you know what I think? I think it's so. Kaylin Clark, yes, she's very dominant. She's at Iowa. What is Iowa basketball? It's well, it's nothing. It, it's not been nothing. I mean, not I mean, I'm I'm not gonna say it's nothing, but no, it's won a championship. I mean, but it's not UConn. It's not no. Tennessee. It hasn't well Tennessee's not Tennessee anymore. But, but, I'm, but I'm just saying that's but, but I'm just history. saying, like, like next year Paige Bukas will be back for UConn. Like, if UConn get back to like I think it helped that UConn was not the typical UConn that we typically see. <laughs> South Carolina was a different type of dominant. They wasn't the type of dominant of a UConn in the past where they're well rounded. As we saw, South Carolina just big, like big, strong, physical team. They're going to play down low in the paint. They don't really have the outside shooting and perimeter play like that. But I think we saw some parity this year. We saw some parity. I, I think what we're also – you know, you said, what, why didn't it take in the past? In the past, we didn't have social media like we do now. That yeah. that's that that's pushing it, and now the young ladies are becoming more self assured and asserting themselves with the personalities 
are starting to show and become, you know, um, personalities on the court. You know, you had, you know, Deion Sanders, prime time. You got Andrew Reese, Bar- you know, Bayou Barbie. So you're starting to get these monikers that come along with these personalities. You look at the coach, uh, Mulkey. Mulkey. You know, everyone's talking about what Blah. she was wearing. Blaget, yeah. I don't know if y'all I've been following her since the Baylor. rap game. You no, yeah. I'm talking about the, the oh, point, okay. uh, number four for LSU. Oh, right, right, right. right she right. was on Jermaine Dupree's show as a like a 12-year-old called okay. the rap game. Okay. So that was another thing that, you know, stuff like that drew so, me in. So because you know, to your point, like I've I've been following women's basketball. I'm not saying like, you know, so tough, but for the most part, because I went to Tennessee, so I've had Mm-hmm. I'm interested in it because you know they they, they were, were good for so they were dominant yeah. for so long and and going there and seeing Coach Summit, seeing how she coached and seeing some of these my classmates go to the Olympics, seeing some of my classmates playing on national TV, you know it's cool. Like you say, you get a, a coworker or your boss's uh, child is on the team, so you feel mm-hmm. an affinity or your there's a certain uh, affinity you have for that team or you're attached to it in some form or fashion. So. You can't tell me Tennessee UConn when those teams meet that they didn't get viewership or Tennessee Texas or or Stanford you know or North Carolina you you had some teams or even Baylor you know when they had a old girl that was released Reiner mm-hmm. you know I mean Kimoki was the coach yeah Kimoki was the coach <laughs> she won three championships at Baylor so you know the the person uh, Tara Stan uh, was the Vanderveer over at the head coach of Stanford I mean you've had some mm-hmm. personalities a lot of these players we've seen the women on the plat, you know, uh, as in a national platform where they're playing for the Olympics and stuff like that, or in that international platform. So some of the players and the personalities were kind of there. And I, you know, you know who I hate. I, I freaking, I call her a rat all the time. Uh, she always used to pop her, her, her shirt, like popping your collar kind of thing. Uh, the point guard, uh, the, the goat they call it now. Uh, no, not Burr, her, her buddy. Tarasi. Uh, you know, freaking Tarasi. Yeah, yeah. Tarasi. Yeah, freaking. I just, I just, I just, oh, uh. but you know, and you know, you got the, you know, the the John Cena thing. She was going around throwing her, yeah. you know, pop a thing in Tennessee yeah. space all the time. Nobody was, nobody, nobody was and, clowning her. And that, that is true. Tarasi was, Tarasi was different with that. Right. <laughs> you know, that's and, true. But, but, but here's the thing what happens to women's sports? in terms of the sustainability sometimes comes back to the general public and the male viewing public who's predominantly view sports. Yeah. And what do we normally say? It gets back to sometimes something as trivial as petty as how good they look, how attractive they may look. You know, remember the, was it, I can't remember the radio dude who was, who's, who, who disparaged, uh, Rutgers. Rutgers. Right. Because they didn't look as classy as the Tennessee women. So basically what you're saying is too many dark skinned women with with braids didn't appeal to you, but you like, you know, some of the light skinned sisters. He went 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 way too far. Yeah, I know. He was the one, the nappy head. Right, 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 right. right. But, you know, but Candace Parker was okay because, you know, she, she, she's more appealing, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So, so it comes back to those things and those kind of things, they knock women's sports down because women's sports getting this kind of, you know, uh, unwarranted criticism and and, and these, these foul judgments. And so the response is a defensive one. And what 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 do men not want to hear? Women being defensive about sports, like oh okay okay okay, you're taking them too serious, you know. And mm-hmm. so it, it gets dismissed and it gets pushed and shoved in a corner for another five, seven, ten years, you know. But now here's an opportunity, and here we're on the precipice of it. But let's be real. Part of the reason why this got real big is because it was a Caucasian girl was balling. Yeah, and you had you had a lot of people going, oh, how many people, you know, just like the OJ trial. I mean, maybe not the best analogy, but, but you know, how many people are pulling for Iowa? What do they look like? How many people are rooting against Iowa? What do they look like? Mm-hmm. How many people are rooting for LSU? What do they look like? How many people are rooting against LSU? What do they look like? Ironically, yeah. people rooting for Iowa look like the people who ain't rooting for LSU. That's <laughs> you know real. what I'm saying? Yeah, nah, and that's, that's not the truth. And that's not to say that, you know, people who love the sport as a sport, like you said earlier, hey, Caitlin Clark can ball. Yeah, just, truth, she, she can ball. But you know, Larry Bird can ball too. But that didn't mean there wasn't a divisiveness when it came to the communities. Yeah, yeah. Like, so I think we touched on that in the past. Where I said when 
I think we were talking about the NBA uh, MVP controversy. Yeah, yeah. And I was saying how it is a racial component, but it's not one that is like just so there. It's when a, when a Caucasian person does something that's usually dominated by Black people and they do it well and dominate themselves, it's elevated to another level. Like, and now grinding on the women's game, Caitlin Clark is not doing something out of the ordinary because you mentioned Tarasi. We got Sue Bird, got Rebecca Lobo. You got, you got Brianna Stewart. You got tons of Caucasian women who have dominated the women's game, Mm -hmm. but she's doing it a bit different. She is. She's doing it a bit different. And she's drawing a lot of male viewership into watching it, you know, taking on that moniker of the female Steph Curry, like doing things like that. Like it's gonna be interesting how they can pick up on this. I mean, as as we just talking about this, I'm thinking like, how do they continue to elevate it? Because we're talking about the college game. We're not talking nothing about the WNBA in particular, though. Well, I, I wanted I was that's I was talking about that. I wanted how do you roll this into the WNBA? The NBA was able to capitalize on Magic and Bird quickly because both those guys were coming into the league that that very next year. Uh Bird had already been drafted by Boston and then Magic ended up with the Lakers. Sort of a dream scenario for them because they both went to winning teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lakers got to the finals that first year, uh, the rookie year uh, for those two guys. Celtics went the very next year, and then they just, you know, after that point, they kept meeting up. Um, right. So it, it it worked out for the NBA. I'm just hoping that, you know, for women's basketball as a whole, that the popularity that, you know, was drawn here can, can continue. Though. Yeah, it's yeah. Be tough, man. And that's what I don't, I don't know. I don't know how you tough how you sustain that. Because one thing that I can feel from the women in the WNBA, they're prideful. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And they're n- not going to cater to all, young all, people. Exactly. Although the NBA, were well, you can say you could you could have said that about the NBA back then too. But but that's but what I'm saying. Although the NBA was grown men and they probably was prideful as well, a little different. The women already have been fighting. Like, as much as you would think they would embrace it because it may help their game, I don't know if they will, like, to that extent. Like, you put a Caitlin, you put a Clark on the Las Vegas Aces with a Candace Parker who just joined with, uh, I can't think of other names, but they might be looking at her like, girl, you the six man. You know, you you you, <laughs> you know what what the girls say on uh love and basketball. You only hear Katanya Randall got pregnant. <laughs> you know, so, so I mean on love and basketball. You know, so you know, like you know. By the way, one of the coldest lines ever. It, it, you know, and and she ended up taking that girl's spot, but you know, but it's man, it. Well, it, they, it if it, they can figure it out. But I, I don't know, man. That's going to be hard to – it's hard press. The problem is – and here's the thing, some, or at least how I see it, and some of it's personal. Personally, I actually enjoy watching women's college basketball more than I do the WNBA. I do as well. And Why is that? W, I, I, it's, it's more fan involvement. More fan, I guess it's more fan involvement. It's it's It doesn't seem as, as static – uh antiseptic um there's more it's a different kind of energy it's a different kind of vibe um it's somehow the synergy between the coaches and the players work whereas in the pros you don't even really see the coaches as much Mm -hmm. you know um there's something to that youthful ask you know aspiring to get there as opposed to you know having gotten there and feeling your due should be given but people still aren't watching you i i don't know it's it, maybe it's a bit of a, a league attitudinal aspect i'm not saying it's a bad attitude i'm just saying it, somehow it just doesn't seem to translate as well i i just i think it's like when we talked about the world baseball classic 
how them countries was behind their teams right. and the energy it bought. Like these univer- universities fan bases are typically more in tune than right. a city fan base. Like right. the, the the sky won the WNBA championship and it was kind of like blah in the city of Chicago. We, I mean, we, we embraced it, but it, it didn't carry past it, that moment. It, it didn't really carry, you know, like, and I can't use our state as an example when it comes to any of our college sports because not a big college state, right? We're not a big college state, but you look at Iowa. This, you look at Iowa. Yeah, you look at Iowa. Like that that fan base was there. Rocking, you know, rocking, and it and it meant something. It, it was it was just a different type of energy there that like you're not gonna get that same that same type of following when they're in the Gross. WNBA, right? Yeah, like you're point. no you're no longer Iowa now. You're whatever team you're a part of. And do My, how many, do we know how many teams are in the WNBA? Do we know all the names know. of those teams? Exactly, don't even know. But Iowa's Iowa, whether it's women's or men's, yeah. it's still Iowa. So it, it has it's already the branding in college is already kind of there. It's, it's inherent mm-hmm. in the fact that these colleges have been there for some time. And then certain programs have had sustainability, you know, the Yukons in the past, you know, ten, or current uh, the Texas is back in the past, USC back in the past with Cheryl Miller, you know, Tennessee's, Stanford's, all these other schools. Um also too, I I think. It's going to be tough because you were mentioning how the pros, the guys are prideful and stuff too, and they, they're not necessarily going to let the rookie shine. But a big part of how rookies have shown in the past and have been able to emerge even from, you know, the, the superstars or, or the well-known players in their team is because of the media coverage. Mm-hmm. You know, Charles Barkley was around mount of rebound, you know, like two or three weeks in playing basketball. He's a, he, you know, he wasn't getting all the tick. It was Dr. J still team. Moses Malone was still there. But Charles Barkley, man, you see this big dude rubber down the court? You're not getting that with the women's sports. No one is taking a time out to see who the best new young player is on that team. They just aren't getting that coverage. It's like it's in a vacuum. It's like it's in a forest and a tree fell and no one knew it fell. That's what happens when they get to the pros. And so it's going to be hard to sustain it past that. I think the more, and it may take, it's going to take longer, but the more the, the, the coverage, if it can, collegiately speaking, if it can, if it can pick up or have sustainability from this point going forward and increase that. And I think NI, NILs NIL, may help with that. Yeah. NIL is going to be a big, that, that could be the biggest thing to help, help college sports because now potentially, potentially, I know Title IX has been a big thing, but maybe it doesn't have to be as detrimental to collegiate sports overall. Maybe some of these other programs can get back, or maybe some of the funding can be there so the women's sports aren't aren't the ones that weren't necessarily generating money can generate a little bit more money now, you know, and help pay. I mean, like college football pretty much pays for almost everything on a, on a, on a college campus. It doesn't have to be the case now without NILs. You know, you can uh, other schools, other other uh, programs can can maybe you know get their own. They can generate yeah. their own funding. Yeah, it could be a little more self-sustaining. So, yeah. you know, 10 years from now, ask us the same question. But I think right now, you know, it's 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 considered a win. <laughs> you know, going it def- definitely definitely was. Definitely was for all. Um let's move on to the NBA now. Mm-hmm. And uh our team. Thirty eight and forty. It's talking about sustainability. Sustainability. <laughs> 38 and 40 in the 10th spot right now. All right. Three and a half up on the Wizards. Uh, and I believe we can clinch. Yeah, we win our next one. With win. a win, yeah. Oh, look at a, you. You said a win we. over Atlanta. Look at that. We, got, yes. They almost got a playoff team now. We're going, we. we going, wait, we're going to the play-in. We're <laughs> going to the play-in, right? Ain't even playoff shit. Just the play-in. That's the play-in, man. That's... That's what matters now. You know, we get to the tournament to get to the tournament. So explain that to me again. If you're in the tenth spot, you 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 only can you only you got to win that game. You don't get another shot. Yeah, you got to win. No, no, no. Yeah. So you play the nine. Okay. 
the nine and ten play each other. The winner mm-hmm. of that plays the loser of seven and eight. Right. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. And then so you got to you got to so you got to win two in that. They only got to win the one. bottom two. So the winner of seven and eight is good. Winner of seven and eight in the playoffs. They're seven. They're in. Yeah. They're seven. seven. Yeah. The loser is playing the winner of nine ten for the eight spot. Right. Okay. That's actually kind of interesting. I think we said this last year. I think it's awesome because it keeps uh, pretty much the entire conference. Yeah, pretty much (laughs) in in play. You know, up until the very end. Yeah. You know, even teams that are tanking technically are still. You still can't take in enough position. Yeah, yeah. You can't can't take enough in the NBA. No, it's I think actually, you still got a chance. It's actually a brilliant. I think it's a brilliant, brilliant move by uh, by David Silver. Adam uh, Silver. Adam Silver. Adam. I said David. Complaining. David Stars. Wrong. Yes. yes. Wrong Combined the name. Yeah. Wrong commissioner. <laughs> oh man. But uh, Adam Stern, David Stein, sorry, the Adam Bulls Stern. continue to uh, to be this team that um, that can that that hangs with the good teams, beats the good teams, and then has trouble with the Lakers. Middling, yeah, middling team. Now they did they did beat they did beat Charlotte. They did beat Charlotte the other I night. Mean, let's not say the Lakers like they're not trending up. They are trending up. I got. <laughs> what well, have they? I think they're in the seventh spot now. Yeah, they're in the seventh. Yeah. Um, okay, they're okay. They're trending up. I'll I'll, I'll give you that. Uh, and we split sh- with them. We went three and one on a year with them versus them. No one and one. No one and one. One and one. No, I'm saying on the entire season we went three and one versus them. No, just one versus, and one. No, just no. They only played two. I thought we oh okay. Lakers, yeah, yeah. Yeah. you're conflating the Clippers and no you're talking the Clippers you're saying yeah. you're saying all yeah. of L A yeah. <laughs> yeah whenever you play the the other conference it's just two games home and away but the uh, the Memphis game I don't know did you guys see the Memphis game uh, bits I and didn't. pieces I saw when they were getting their butt whooped I, I didn't see it because I was watching the women's uh, national championship game. <laughs> nice good for you yeah yeah. But uh, from what I understand, they were they were down twenty three, down fifteen at the half. Yes, and, I saw uh, that part, and came back and, and won one twenty eight to one hundred seven. Um, and I was like, damn, I wish I would have watched the game. And I was like, no, nah, I was watching that women's championship game. I'm, I'm cool. <laughs> I'm cool. I, I can miss one. Right. I can miss one. But uh, yeah, this playing thing, man. One more, one more win. They clinched that at least that tenth spot. And uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's. I don't know if it's exciting, but um, hopefully this team is is sort of trending up. So yeah. can they win two games in a row? And the team that they're playing are they under five hundred like the Bulls, which means we don't have a better chance of beating them. Yeah, we That's... we could they could they could win two in a row. Uh, they will play Toronto um, to start out. They could probably beat them, mm-hmm. and then, and then likely they'll play Atlanta, who's been. I mean, well, quite frankly, the Bulls still has a chance to end up at the eight spot. Yeah, they're so, only they're only a game back. They still have a, a chance there. Uh, but I think they could beat the two teams that they will potentially play. But they can also lose. I'm not saying they they can't lose either. But it doesn't matter. That neither is winning versus Boston or Milwaukee. So yeah, I was gonna say, like, to what end does it <laughs> does it matter at this point? Like, yeah, it, it, are they it doesn't really. Matter. I mean, I would say between the two, I'd rather Bulls play Boston. I mean, I think they beat Boston three times this year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we I mean, have to get the seven to play Boston. Um, yeah. That's not going to happen. Yeah, Milwaukee's a tough, tougher sell because they don't have anybody that can stop Grayson Allen. Well, we got Pat Bev now. Let Grayson do that crazy shit if you want to. <laughs> that's yeah, true. That's real. <laughs> uh, now that now you just got me excited because that's what I want to see. Let Grayson real. try to do some crazy stuff now. Yeah, okay. Yeah, this this definitely he, is not the same. He's gonna get dealt with this time. 
This Can't is not the same, the same heartless team before as, as before. <laughs> they, they they got something now. I told y'all, man, needed that personality. He he's changed the the team a bit, but I mean, we still ain't gonna win nothing. But no. hey, it's been but a I positive still, team still, since he's come. I still want to see my team playing in the actual playoff, though. Just even if it, if it's for experience, you know, playing a good experience. What does that do? Well, I mean, so you, you you get beat in the first round. That's good experience. I mean, how does that make you? Because you're still you're still playing in a in a in a playoff environment. I say, what do it do when they did that last not, year? When you're not playing, yeah, um, and this year guys. this year they didn't have a point guard. They didn't have one last year. I mean, how 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 most of the year they didn't. After January, they didn't. I right, mean, like right. we talk about experience. Like, what did they learn last year? Because it didn't seem like they learned shit because they came back and they were struggling <laughs> most of the year. I mean, I guess they learned how to beat good teams and forgot how to beat bad teams. Yeah, there was this the the inverse the of reverse. last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's what we learned. Huh? Yeah, okay. that's yeah. why we under five hundred. You play more bad teams than good in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where this team is trending. But, I mean, it's nice to see them win. Uh, Pat Bev has been uh, a, a marked difference in terms of just nothing else, just guys get, being able to go back into their regular roles, you know, him kind of being the, you know, the point guard, so to speak, help everybody else kind of get back to their roles. And the communication on defense is way better. So, I mean, yeah, they're playing better as a team, and that's nice. That's about all I can say. That's all I can say about that. Mm-hmm. Life's like a box of chocolates. <laughs> Wait, I'm lost. I'm I'm looking at the standings here. Washington is right below the Bulls, but according to this, they've been eliminated. Washington? Yeah, but Maybe. Orlando is tied with them and are still... Maybe they have a losing record against the they Bulls. They might. They might oh, have that's a, what, okay. Yeah. Okay. And Orlando has a winning or a better record against the Bulls. That'd be okay. my guess. Okay. I just I just looked at that. That's was interesting. Okay. <laughs> Let's move on to Bears. Stop Bears. Still, as of right now, have owned the number nine pick in the draft. And uh, one Jalen Carter. Till they trade down. <laughs> well, that's... <laughs> That's a possibility. One Which, Jalen Carter was uh was at Hallis Hall today man, uh, to please. visit with the team. Man, any any chance now that he falls? Oh no, There's no shot. Did, did you he see what he? To, I mean, did he fall to the Bears? That's possible. He I, he might fall to the Bears, but the Bears at my hell no was that the Bears ain't taking him. I didn't really. I didn't know that Drew Rosenhaus is his agent. Yes, another reason why I don't think the Bears are going to take him. <laughs> and uh, he announced today he wasn't. He's not taking any meetings. With anyone mm-hmm. outside of the top ten, which is goofy, and and why Rosenhaus would advise him that way is even more goofy. Because fool, ain't no guarantee that the teams in the top ten are going to be the teams in the top ten. Somebody could trade up. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Because you didn't meet with them, you just screwed yourselves out of however many millions of dollars. Knucklehead, another bad decision. I mean, come on, man. I, I just look. You know what, dude. I'm like later for Jalen Carter. I don't care how talented you are. You seem like you're going to be a narcissistic problem going forward. You said you you like already Albert Haynes worth about $100 million to me at this point. I just. He, he, ha- he needs to be with a team that has veteran presence. We don't. You know what? He's, he's going to spiral out of control here. I, I play something, do something else. You don't need to play football because, and, I, and I'm being harsh when I say that, but I, I'm saying that because it's annoying. Because it's like, dude, you're not even on a team yet, and this, you, this, you, you're acting entitled. And not only you're not on a team, but you didn't even prove anything in your 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 pro day, which is like a layup. Like everything you've pretty much done since you won a national championship has been a self-absorbed, self-destructive montage of what you should just not do <laughs> and then you come in and then you come in with the audacity more or less be like hey you know we're not talking to anybody uh who's not picking top 10 because <laughs> you know that's where we're figuring we're gonna be i really you I'm know this what's the strategy there 
I, 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 I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, Drew, I really, Drew Rosenhaus is smart. That's, is he? I was just about to say, is he? For for him to have as many clients as he's had over the years, yeah, top yeah. top notch clients, and well, we and, to get, and to get the contracts he's got, he has has to be somewhat smart. Maybe some stuff passes a person by, you know. Those antics may have worked then. I don't know how much it's going to be working now. And if you're not getting with the program, if you're not flexing, if you're not evolving or or, or reassessing how you, you know, support and present your client, you may be doing them a disservice in the long run. Because, like you said, what is the upside here? Why even say something like that, dude? you should be like whoever wants to talk to me i'm so grateful thank you that would be my advice to you and not that you kiss an ass but you're just saying thank you i appreciate that because i know i've messed up twice already significantly and that twice is being generous okay but then you will come back with we're not talking to anybody who's not top 10 i really because you know who the top 10 is gonna be i mean dude the bears could easily trade out of the nine spot easily which means that if the Eagles were going to take you at 10, maybe some teams trading up that might have wanted you. But now, after talking to the Bears, because you just met with the Bears, they're like, eh, maybe not. So that team that would have traded up and taken you at nine is like, nah, never mind. And then the Eagles are like, well, I don't know, man. We, we got enough DTs. It'd be nice to have them. But, you know, we really do need that cornerback. We really do need some other position. But if you had talked to, I don't know, the Tennessee Titans, you know, or if you had talked to, I don't know, the Jets or whoever it was that might have wanted to move up to get you, they may have been more inclined to do so. Now you might just talk yourself out of a, a definite top 10 pick. What if, someone's, what if someone's already told them that, yeah, we're taking you at Let's say six. Really? How many times have we heard we're taking you? Ask Randy Moss how many times he heard that he was going to be taken. <laughs> I mean, that's Randy after Moss, okay? So whatever you hear about somebody say they're going to take you, every, you know, that that's an age-old story, man. A lot of people say things, and they, people change their mind. And they may mean it when they told you, but they may change their mind because something else happens. Somebody other deal comes along. Somebody else falls down. You know, all these things. Mean, Look, man, we we've seen stories where guys are sitting there until tomorrow to get, get drafted. Geno Smith <laughs> to get drafted the next day. Aaron Rodgers got drafted in the, in the what, early early mid twenties. You know, we've seen Brady Quinn drop. You know, Warren Sapp drop. Larry Tunzel drop. I mean, we've seen guys elevated up, came out of nowhere, you know, and be taken. So Adam Alchuleta, like really seriously, you know, so. You don't know, and that's just a bonehead advice. I, I, you know, yeah, the Lions could possibly take you at six. I, I could see that happening. Seattle, maybe. I, I don't necessarily know. It all depends on who what quarterback's available. The Raiders are not going to take you for the same reason I told you guys they're not going to take you. I think they came out recently said for the same reason I was saying because of that accident with rugs. That there's no way they're yes, going to align themselves. Yeah, yeah. It just just a bad look. So that's one team that's, that that really needs you, that could really use you, because they, they're soft in the middle. They can really use you. They're not going to take you. The Falcons, I mean, yeah, this might be a nice story, but they're probably like, yeah, no, we got too, we know too much. <laughs> you know, we, we have too many contacts at, at Georgia to let us know that maybe we should pass on you and take, you know, Tyree Wilson if he's there. The Bears aren't going to take you. And the Eagles could, but they may not. So you could very easily fall out of the top ten. Mm, don't be this is this is his second uh second time talking to the Bears now. I mean, but he's a part of the top thirty business dude. that they're doing. So yeah, dude. Trust, trust me. The, the Bears, if the Bears don't talk to him, the Bears are saying something out loud. And the Bears don't want to show their hand about or give anyone anything that could help them out or hinder them from being able to make any kind of moves. It just don't. There's a reason why Poles made the move as, as quick as he did. So it's a line themselves in a situation to have more options. 
The now Bears, you, not the Bears talking to him, just keeps those options viable. That's all. You brought up the Bears trading down. What's yeah. what's, what's your thoughts on that? You know, I'm like, huh? How far down? If I'm the Patriots at 14, and I'm looking at the Eagles going, the Eagles are probably eyeing Devin uh, Witherspoon from Illinois because Christian Gonzalez already went and was already taken. The next cornerback is probably Devin Witherspoon, and we know the Eagles, although they re-signed James Bradbury, they still need depth there. They're pretty much deep everywhere else. Maybe I want to get ahead of the Eagles because as the Patriots, they're not a team that's they're a team that's 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 more ready to win now than than the Bears are on some other teams. And they have a lot of picks that they, you know, from this draft class. So and they've made moves with the Bears before. So that they're, you know, they they have a decent rapport. They jump up to nine, Bears go down to 14. Now the Bears get another couple of picks, get a you know, additional pick for this this draft another pick for the next draft and maybe the draft after maybe get two additional picks and the bears are at 14. Now who's still, who's still around? Well, one or two offensive linemen will still be available. Nolan Smith, if he's still there, looks a lot better at 14 than he does nine. Jackson Smith and Jigba, if he's still there, looks a lot better at 14 than he does nine. I can still take an offensive lineman. I can still take a pass rusher. Maybe I take miles Murphy. At nine, I don't feel as good about him. He might last 18, but at 14, I can talk myself. I feel better about it at 14. You're in a position now where you can still get what you might need, or maybe you want a cornerback. Maybe Joey Porter Jr., you're like that, and you get a corner. Now you got a solid corner. You know, it gives you flexibility, it gives you more draft capital, and the Patriots can kind of get what they want. So that's a possibility. Maybe the Titans at 11 want to get. Paris Johnson. They really love Paris Johnson and they feel like the Bears may take him. So the Bears are like, yeah, we like him too, but you know, hey, what you gonna what you gonna give us? Because the Bears are like, we like Paris Johnson, but we also like Broderick, Broderick Jones too. We just had on a football night in Chicago, we had Willie Anderson, who's potential Hall of Fame candidate, talk about both Paris Johnson and Broderick Jones, that he's trained both of those guys. Roderick Jones down in Georgia where he lives and Paris Johnson was coming down there to learn from Willie Anderson. He's like both of those guys. He didn't really see much of it. He's like both those guys have high upside. He's, he, I, I really like them both. Now, yeah, he might have a personal stake He's, in yeah. it. But here's the thing, though. There's certain things athletes don't normally say other athletes are really good unless they think they're really good. Really good. I'm not saying they're not going to disparage someone, but I'm talking about what they like. No, this dude is something something usually they don't say that because it's it, it looks bad on them you know um so and again we're not talking about a, a fifth round pick and a first round pick we're talking about two first round quality players so mm-hmm. it's not like these guys are, are punks to begin with or or, or or you know suckers or whatever so so yeah man i mean the bears could i i could definitely see them trading down because nine it's like best player position available but do we have to take an offensive lineman number one? We don't have to. There's some really good ones. They could take an offensive lineman in the second round. There's a dude out of Syracuse, Matthew Bergeron, who's just the same kind of measurable, 6'5", 3'11". He's got some length to his arms, athletic. You know, came in starting in the ACC. Has played a whole bunch of games, got experience. No one's talking about him. I can see that real smart dude. I can see, you know, East Coast kid. You know, that's where Poles came from, Boston College, Syracuse, East Coast. I can see him easily taking Matthew Bergeron and taking some other position that we might need where a more athletic, more impact impact player, maybe a cornerback. So, so yeah, man, I, it, it ain't nothing said. This, this is going to – I think this is going to be a pretty – I don't want to say wild, but I, it, it will be a very active, very active uh, a draft, I think, in the next few weeks. Yeah, I'll say – Trading out of one, especially as low as nine, I wouldn't. I would actually be a hundred percent fine if they continue to not just continue to keep trading down, but trade down again to try to get more picks. We're in a position where quantity mm-hmm. <laughs> is is 
kind of on a higher priority than quality right now. Right. I mean, you want premium quality. quality. Premium, yeah, quality. premium quality. If you can get a bunch of good players mm-hmm. as opposed to maybe getting one great player, mm-hmm. I think we're in a better shape. Like, we need so much, man. Yeah, <laughs> yes. you, you want that great player, but we need to we need a bunch of good players to field so many positions and you're not going to field all those positions with great players. Right. If you get a bunch of good players, a bunch of good talent that can fill in these holes, we're, we're on up and ups quicker than, than we, we think, man. So the more, the more the merrier when it comes to this draft capital. And like you said, if going from nine to 11 or nine to 14, you give yourselves options to do a lot. And especially depending on what you get by making that trade. So, you know, I, I'm all for it. Um, well, to, your, to your point, to your quantitative point, what you're doing is you're giving yourself a greater margin for error. So you yeah. don't have to hit on that mm-hmm. number one pick as decidedly as you as you would have otherwise if you just maintain the first pick overall or, or the ninth pick. Now you're the 14th pick, but I've got a litany of other players. So if I miss them with this dude, I got another dude. And the other thing is that premium player or those premium players you might want, you have a better chance of getting them next year. Mm-hmm. You know, because now you know I just need one player here or I need one player there. And you've got two first round picks to play with. Now I can get premium cats. Now here we go. You know, and that's pretty much what we saw the Jaguars do. We saw the Jets do that. And that's why those teams are in good positions. Just, just yeah, you might you might catch a dummy that'll give you a first round of the next <laughs> year, too. You might just, just, just to move up. Just don't trade down and end up with Michael Haynes. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Let's make sure that doesn't happen. If the tackle, if the tackle of the future is there. You get that tackle. That's all. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Uh, we got a mock draft coming. Uh, mock draft coming up. Uh, no, not uh, somebody mock draft. What I've been doing is uh, focusing on uh, positions for the next uh, several weeks. Last week was a uh, defensive uh, lineman. This week's gonna be offensive lineman. Uh, the next two will be edge rushers. I'll end with edge rushers, and I also have wide receivers. I think those are some of the positions that the Bears will be focusing on. There will be a final mock, though, the week leading into the draft. That's when the last uh, mock before uh, the draft comes up. Gotcha. You catch catch our GM, Glenn, on uh, NBC Sports Chicago, Football Night in Chicago, NBCSportsChicago.com. Catch all his work. He does great a great job, as you can as you can tell by his uh, uh, knowledge that he that he that he gives us every week. Uh, let's finally, before we take off, the baseball season has started. We're, we're a season, or it's your season in. We're a, a series in, <laughs> and uh, the rule changes. Uh, I think are, are are getting a really good. Uh, uh, what am I trying to say here? Uh, people Reviews? are really, yeah, a good review. Yeah, people, people are really, really liking the changes here. Number one, the game times are down. It's crazy. Uh, it is. Some games have been like, what, 2, 210, 220? Yeah, yeah. Just over two so, hours. Uh, so the I heard. Went up. I heard, and you guys can check me on this, I heard that they're going to implement that same clock on us for our, our podcast. That's, that's possible. <laughs> it's possible. We got to speed that shit up. <laughs> uh, but no, um, yeah, you Smoke, you brought the stolen bases. I think. Uh, the bases are bigger. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's one team. So one That's team uh, I think the Orioles stole more bases. The uh, they stole like ten bases already in a series, which is like wow. the most in an opening series since nineteen oh one. Wow! Opening <laughs> day, the total amount of stolen bases was the most since nineteen oh seven. That's and, man. So the bases being bigger means I get there a little sooner. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and team, teams are running, man. Teams yes. are running. I guess um, I would. I'd have been doing it anyway, but but it's been, man. It's been. I think it's been a lot of fun. 
Um, I've actually watched a couple of games in its entirety. That what? never happens. Yeah, yeah. I don't believe you. I don't believe it's you. True. It's true. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I love it, man. I, I think some change. I think some will be rescinded. Like not the pitch clock, but the batter having to be like making contact with the pitcher type thing. I think that was ready, ready, ready by eight seconds. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, Yeah. I think that one's going to eventually go away. I mean, I just look at it like this. If he ain't in the box ready and I'm on the clock, just let me throw. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I think that will eventually go away. But other than that, like, it works. And, like, I was listening to John Smoltz talk about the pitch clock and how – health related it's going to help because these now that you're giving these pitchers all this time and all they want to do is rev up and throw 110 miles per hour now with them having to work faster they have to work smarter you can't just keep revving up like that you're gonna you're gonna burn your arm out much sooner you know so you're like guys gonna actually have to know how to pitch again. And and that's the purpose. Like get back to baseball, man. All this other stuff, man. All this analytical stuff has mm-hmm. killed the game. And we'll see how it keeps up. Now, hopefully they don't go crazy with the implementation of this stuff early on and then start laxing up later. Yeah. Like stay firm with what you're doing and let it continue and we'll see. Yeah, so the baseball enthusiast still has his enthusiasm for baseball even with the changes. That's that's what I should take away from this. Oh yeah. Yeah. See I'm not one of them get off my lawn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you want know, and want baseball to stay the same. Don't change the game, and then be the main ones complaining that no one watches or plays it. No, something has to change. Like you, like you can't keep doing the same stuff and expect better results from viewers and and participation with players and all that. Man, something got to change. Yeah. Like yeah. simple as that. Well, I guess. It's changing, and I think it's uh, it's for the good. And being that I work in uh, sports media, it's <laughs> helped me out tremendously. How quick? How quick was that? That twelve three loss today. It actually was man. That, that game moved, man. I'm sure it, it moved. moved. They it they were so flying close. out, especially back to back to back to back. Especially especially in the uh, in the in the fifth inning. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Cope, I don't know what was up with Kopech, man, but he just <laughs> it was solo home and barrage today. <laughs> he at, just didn't have a feel for it. Rate. Man. <laughs> but like you said, the game was moving. I looked up, I was like, oh my God, we are an hour in and we're in the top of the fifth. What's going on? Wow. But uh they're gonna be all right, man. I'm a little I'm a little worried. Uh the starting pitching hasn't been, you know, outside of Kopech today for the White Sox. Starting pitching hasn't been all that all that bad. It's the bullpen that that I've been a little worried about. Really? Um yeah. Um and I still I I I don't get how Jose Ruiz keeps getting run out there. And he gave up a grand slam late late in the game today. Uh but I digress. But yeah, they're gonna be all right. My my boys are gonna be all right, man. They're gonna be all right. How how are your Yankees looking? Look straight. Three and one. Eight one win today. That's that's what's expected. Yeah. That's what's <laughs> right. what's expected. Main hey, thing for us every year. You gotta stay healthy. If you get a chance, watch uh the documentary Reggie on Reggie I, Jackson on, on Amazon Prime. Very good watch. I've heard. I, I gotta get. I gotta watch it. I've been trying to wait till I have nothing going on so that I can lock in on it. I I, I got a newfound uh, respect for uh, for Reggie Jackson after watching that. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, hey, fellas, let's get out of here. It's been great. That's gonna do it for this week's edition of the Easy Smoking the GM podcast. I want to thank you all for listening. We greatly appreciate it. 
You can catch our podcast at Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, or wherever you find your favorite podcast. You can also catch us at hp53productions.com. There you find a link to our podcast and the Super Duper Podcast, hosted by Rob Griggs, and the Father Good Podcast, hosted by Marshall Givens and Kenny Stevenson. Yo, Glenn. Yep, yep. Please take us out. Hey, it's like we always say, we ain't saying we're right. We just don't think we're wrong. Definitely weren't wrong in that women's championship game. We catch you next <laughs> week. Yeah.